The Stateside Soccer Show is now covering Ted Lasso. If that's a joke, I love it. If not, I cannot wait to unpack that with you. That's no joke. The Stateside Soccer Show now presents Believe Cast. We aren't talking about faith or ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts, Ted? I do. But more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. We are talking Ted Lasso episode recaps. So sit back, get ready for us to discuss all the tea. You know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Hello and welcome to Believe Cast, a podcast about Ted Lasso recaps presented by the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and one of my I got one of my diamond dogs here. I got Logan Stump with me today. Oh no! Um, what's up, everybody? How are we doing? From the past, I was glad my dog couldn't hear that because he probably has joined in. Jordan, I always get really excited when you say "presented by" because I always think we're sponsored. I was like, "Whoa, did we get sponsored?" Presented by Continental Tires. <laughs> sponsored by Chinny's Ice Cream, where you can actually one time, maybe sometime, biscuits at the box. Yes, presented by Apple TV. Jordan, I think we'll see. You and I could uh, sometime. We, you and I could record an episode coming up where we have like we actually have Jenny's ice cream because we can get it at the stores on like March third. Do they sell those in stores? Yeah. I can like uh, okay. If you uh, so if you go to Jenny's, I don't know if I've ever seen Jenny's ice. Yeah, cream. so if you go to Jenny's ice cream, like the website, it actually tells you like locations, kind of like where you would what you would do with like wine or booze. Like they do the same thing where you can find a location near you that sells it. I think Targets are selling it. So we should fi- we should film some like <laughs> like promotional material while we're while we're together. <laughs> we should. Week. We really should. That'd be hilarious. Just like random promotionals from Disney. It'd be like, what in the world are you doing? Yeah. Or yeah, like from know, the bachelor yeah. party. <laughs> like yeah, from the ba- from a- yeah. Let it, yeah, we're singing let it Yeah. We're singing let it go at the hoop de doo. All right, we are talking episode eight, The Diamond Dogs, written by Leanne Bowen, directed by Declan Lowney, who directed the episode previous as well, aired September 18th, 2020 on Apple TV+. Plus, Here's the official synopsis. Ted and Roy are both having relationship problems. Ted consults the Diamond Dogs while Roy has a talk with Keeley. Logan, I want to get your thoughts here on your initial... I guess first time I watched it or any time since just kind of your thoughts on this episode as a whole. My favorite scene of the whole series is on this episode. So, um, I know which one of these two. Um, but yeah, this is by far one of my favorite episodes of the whole series because of everything that we're getting ready to unpack. Um, this episode's massive. Like you said, we just recorded, um, and this will be like, I think, what, a week later it was released. Um, we just recorded episode seven. Um, and episode seven felt like a, it does, it feels like a two-parter, but they didn't really name it uh, a two-part episode. So that's that's the way I kind of feel. This There's a lot of buildup, and this episode comes with a lot of the, the conclusions. And the ending of this episode, Jordan, is uh, it's got massive stakes on what's going to happen. So that's uh, really exciting. Yeah, you know, when I was watching it with my wife, uh, we watched we finished season one weeks ago, by the way, and then like I have to rewatch these for the for the podcast. But I I totally forgot just from like the name of the episode and stuff that the 
dark game happens in this one. I forgot the ending with Keely busting in. Like I, I totally forgot that all this stuff happens in this episode. So this is a huge episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, utterly filled with tons of great puns uh, throughout the episode too, from Ted. But yeah, so we kind of pick up right where we left off. Nate uh, slept in the bus carrier because he was afraid he'd miss the bus. So he just thought that this would be <laughs> the best way. Rebecca's about to sneak out of her room and then is like, what am I doing? This is my room. And just immediately shouts. I love the way she shouts for the, the man. And he just kind of like jumps up and she's like, out. <laughs> and he goes, uh, one night stand is over. And the contrast to that, Ted lets Sassy stay for a late checkout and she's going to order food off of his tab. So uh, she's she's taking full advantage. Uh, there but yeah so they uh then we hit the credits and then the bus is pulling up to nelson road and coach beard asks ted hey is everything all right because we just went five hours on this bus with you not saying anything at all and look we all know ted lasso that is quite the feat to last five hours without uttering a word uh there i did it again and then Ted breaks it down, says that he slept with Flo. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. And then Beard asks if he wants to talk about it. And he says, yes. So they go into his <laughs> office. We also get uh, Keely going to see Roy, who's getting massaged. And she's going to ask him if he wants to go out for coffee. He says he can. He's, he's busy. Um. We'll, we'll find out later what exactly he's doing. But I, I just love this, too, with the masseuse who's listening to True Crime. Yep. She's like, oh, 23, so young. And then when Roy says about being busy, she yells out he's lying. But he, she's mentioning that the guy's lying on the podcast, right? That he's he, he, like the the person suspected of the crime is lying. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny how that uh, synced up. But. You know, she can't hear. She can't hear anything that's going on because Roy even says, like, hey, you think the Royals are all lizard people, right? And she just does not say anything at all. Now I'm, like, interested to see if there's, like, an actual conspiracy theory that they're all, they are lizard people. <laughs> like, I'm going to go into the archives today and see if that's that's actually a theory out there. Probably. Yeah. Um, there are conspiracies about every little thing. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have a conspiracy. I have a conspiracy that they uh, are coming back on March 15th because they just knew we wouldn't be done in time. It's kind of my mm-hmm. thoughts on why Apple selected that date and uh, nothing you can say will make me think that that's not the case, <laughs> but Ted is talking to beard, Nate and Higgins and you know, he's asking if he should tell Rebecca. They all say no. Roy comes in and asks a question. I forget what he asked, but Ted's like, hey, why don't you come on in here? We're talking about my like lady troubles. And Roy just says, F no, leaves. And then Higgins says, Ted, why are you beating yourself up about this? Right? He says, why are you going like 12 rounds with yourself on this? And, you know, he brings up the point you're divorced, right? Sassy is single. 
you and Rebecca don't have anything going on. What is like, there's no problem here, right? You had fun. And I like when Beard says, you know, he'll give them scissors and, and Ted doesn't catch on, but Nate does. Nate has hung out with them enough now. So, so you can cut yourself some slack and they come up with a name for themselves. And Nate comes up with the name here as well. He comes up with the diamond dogs. What's your thought on the names here? I like the I like Ted's first proposal. I think it's like Ted Lasso Dilemma something or something. Yeah, yeah. it's something like that. It's <laughs> Dilemma team or something like that. And they're like, no, that's not it. But I do like that Nate's starting to catch on to this. I like that Higgins is involved. They come up with the Diamond Dogs. Um, and no, I think this sets up some really good conversations going forward, especially in, later in this episode too. But I just love the, this instance where they're all talking about the different things that um, I guess guys would talk about like I, I don't know like they, it's a it's usually something that they tread lightly on uh in a group of guys and this is uh ted's not like that beard's a man of very little words nate's like a marshmallow i think higgins is you know an interesting mix so i i love this that they that they're so different in personality um and then once uh some other things happen i think that this dynamic becomes even more interesting yeah, where, where do we think he got Diamond Dogs from? Now, it is a song. We hear yeah. that at the end credits. But, like, I know Dogs, Greyhounds, Richmond. Right. Just kind of wondering where we got Diamond from. But I I like it. I, now, it would fit a lot in with a baseball team, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Diamond Dogs. That's where I was confused, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't get the, the Diamond part of it. I don't understand. What that yeah, he must just be a fan of the, of the song, maybe. Be. But uh, Ted really likes it. I forget what Higgins came up with, but they did not like that. Didn't he come up with something? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was like Ted Higgins and Nate. I think yeah. that's how it goes. Something. It was something, and they kind of look at. It. No, it was. Uh, no, it was the Proud Boys. <laughs> yes. Which. <laughs> all right. We know why that's. Right. <laughs> we know why that one's not yeah. taken on there. Yeah. Um, because this was love that this was right in that time where in 2020, like you really did see the Proud Boys a lot in the U.S. Like. I guess if you were listening to this and you're not from the U.S., you wouldn't really know they're 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 a white supremacist group um, that yeah, are far, very far right, far right and uh, take matters into their own hands. And part of the whole congressional uh, the January sixth stuff uh, was uh, the insurrection was was them. So yeah, but I, I do. I, yeah, it's kind of weird too to be taken seriously and you want to name yourself the pr- boys. Yeah, yeah, like not <laughs> men. Yeah. Not men, the proud yeah. men. I like when Nate's sitting there too. He goes, Nate's like, I've always dreamed of sitting here with a bunch of men talking about the dynamics between men yes. and women. <laughs> They're like, and throwing up yeah. at the same time. They're like, what? Is he hungover? Is that what it is? Or? Yeah, because they were out partying, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Jamie comes to visit Keely, who's at home now, and he just wanted to talk. He, you know, She's like, shouldn't you be in Manchester? He says, we're uh, playing West Ham somewhere in town. So, just for people that are not familiar with soccer, London has so many teams, right? You got West Ham, you got Chelsea, you got Arsenal, you got Tottenham, you got Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, Brentford. Not at this more. time. No. There, there's, no. so, there's so many more. So uh, West Ham is in London, so that's why they're there. And, and because Richmond is kind of like in southwest London, I think. So, yeah, they're, they're all in the same area. Um, she, 
he just wanted to talk. He kind of apologizes to her and then he's going to leave. And she confused with her situation with Roy says, uh, do you want to have a drink with me? He says, no, unless the drink is sex. And she says, you know, yes. And he's like, so that's how I get sex by not trying to get sex. Yeah. And she's like, yes. So they go upstairs they have sex. We open up the next morning with Ted bringing Rebecca biscuits and truffles in which he suggests putting the truffle in between two biscuits. And Rebecca's already on top of that. She's already got a little sandwich going and eating that. But uh, Ted, <clears throat> Ted's going to thank her for helping him at uh, Everton in Liverpool. And Rebecca invites Ted for a meeting with the milk sisters uh, who are minority owners I like when Ted <laughs> asks <laughs> what percentage they own. It's 2.9. He says, I'm going to round that down to 2% so they can be the 2% milk sisters or whatever. <laughs> She's like, they're going to love you. Unfortunately, we don't ever get to see the milk sisters. Right. <laughs> I would have loved to see what, what how they were. Yeah. No, I, I think it would have been great. Um, I liked before when, uh, when Jamie does show up at Keely's house and she goes, hey, Jamie, how's it going? And he goes... Well, I had 14 touches, and he's like going through his stats, and it was kind of like free kick, yeah. scored it, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like that's not how you. He goes, and then she goes, "Yeah, typical Jamie." You know, I ask how you're doing, and all you want to talk about is football. So, but yeah, no, I like the Milk Sisters too. I, I made that, uh, I made that note the the two percent, so that way they could talk about them being the two percent. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and then. <laughs> Keely's talking to Sam, Collins, and Isaac about possibilities for sponsorships. We learn that Isaac Rolos, and she's like, candy? And he's like, just Rolos. Don't don't give me any of that Sour Patch bullshit, <laughs> is what he says. <laughs> and Sam wants, uh, well, Collins uh, wants, uh, Colin wants, uh, Air Jordans, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Sam wants uh, what? What does Sam say? Something, something else. But then he also says he also likes Jordans. Yeah, no, he. Uh, it's a uh, he wants. What is it? It's it's like a it's a word. It's not even. Uh, is it like joy? Maybe joy. Yes, yeah. yes. No, 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 no. That's that's what. Uh, no, joy is what Danny wants. He wants. Oh, that's right. Joy. That's right. That's what I got confused with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sam. Sam was Sam like more. a deeper answer. But then he was like, and Jordans. <laughs> uh, so they leave, and Roy is going to ask Keely to go see a movie. She's a little confused by this. She says, uh, "Why didn't you like want to do anything yesterday?" He says, "I was busy." And I just love how anytime she asked, she, he just kept saying, I was busy. Like he wasn't going into detail about it. He says, I'm trying to do this differently, you know, because they're talking about how great one night stands are in the moment, but afterwards are empty. And he says, I'm trying to do this differently. And this is where Keely's honest about Jamie and her having sex the night before. And I love that she kind of just draws the line of you have to be okay with this. You weren't really clear with what's going on. And Roy just grunts and growls and, and leaves while he thinks about it. 
But I love that how they this is one thing that, that they've done that I always really like in this show is that they don't do the stereotypical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like this could have been think about it this way. We we've seen the same exact thing happen in Friends. Yep. Okay. With Ross and Rachel being on a break. Now I'll I'll say it here. Rachel says they're taking a break. That they're breaking up. They're no more that they're not dating right now. Ross did nothing wrong. Gonna say that. Okay. And Keely did nothing wrong here. She had no idea what Roy thought of her. Um, he wasn't being very open because Roy's not open. He kissed her and left. And she's wondering, well, I was giving him signs to come in. He must not be interested. So I get Keeley's side of it here. And I like that they just had a, she was honest about it. She didn't lie about it. And then it gets discovered episodes later and then they break up or whatever. Like they're being really honest about it up front and they're not creating a whole bunch of drama from it. Roy's going to go talk to the diamond dogs later on. And they're going to pretty much put him in his place of, all right, were you guys official? Were you guys dating? Did you guys have that conversation? No. Okay. Then what are you upset about? Right. Now's the time for you to actually set those boundaries and set those expectations. So I, I just loved how they did this and didn't go stereotypical um, rom-com or sitcom stuff here. Yeah, if this was Friends, this would have been something that would have caused at least a two-season fallout. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess Ted Lasso would then last until season, you know, five if this happens later on the upper seasons. Like, uh, obviously through three, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I hate when TV shows, and they all do the same thing. Like around that time period, they all did the same thing. Like you had one minor misstep or miscommunication or something wasn't clear and it blows up the relationship for like years. And then it's like they don't even acknowledge it after, except Friends does because they always do the the inside joke of, we were on a break. And it's, yeah, I'm glad Ted Lasso didn't do that. Yeah, you know, it's, I like to think that we've evolved right mm-hmm. from, from those type of storylines because they're not very I, realistic. You know, they're not realistic. You know what? It, it upsets me all the time. Cause what show were we watching that was driving me nuts like that? I think it was manifest when we were watching manifest. It was always like, they would always end up doing the stereotypical stuff of mm-hmm. like, um, being vague about stuff yeah. or having converse instead of having the conversation, they just be like, this is ridiculous and leave. Yeah. And you're like, no, just talk it out. Cause like, <laughs> you know, it's like those things where like people walk in and they, and they see something yeah. like, this isn't the way it looks, yeah. uh, looks this way. And then they slam the door and then they leave. And then like three episodes go by and they're like, every time they come in the room and they're like, don't you dare talk to me. Yeah. And they leave and they're like, just let me talk. And they're like, you've said enough with your body language <laughs> yeah. when you were with her. Yeah. And they slam the door and you're like, when is this going to end? When is this plot line right. over? It's like this show, you get worried about that. And you're like, oh, great. Here's going to be the the classic misunderstanding. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. We cut that out right away. So I, I really, I really like the way that they handle that. And uh, it's, They've done a lot of good stuff here. You know, other shows that I love that have have done this too is, uh, you know, things like Smallville or even Arrow right now where I'm watching and 
people always be like, you lied to me. It's like, I lied to protect you, you know? And then the person can't see why they were protecting them that way. And they're like, but you lied to me. It's secret and lies. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. At least this, they cut that out right away. Um, Roy is waiting for Ted in his office. This is when they are going to talk to him about it. He calls in the the diamond dogs and I like when uh, Ted references friends here when he's doing the hand motions like Chandler and he's like, all this Chandler binging aside, right? Like, were you official with her? All that kind of stuff. So um, they all help Roy and then they all howl like Logan did at the beginning of the <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, so a successful meeting for the Diamond Dogs. Ted and Rebecca go to the pub. This is where they're going to meet the Milk Sisters. But Rupert is there instead, and he has brought Bex. That's new Rebecca. And uh, he bought the Milk Sisters share. Actually, Bex bought the Milk Sisters share. But Rupert helped finance it because they are now uh, uh, engaged. Since they are now engaged... And uh, one thing I like here with Rupert is getting his thought process here where he says, because when we're married, what's hers is mine and what mine is also mine because I learned from the last time talking about, I guess they didn't get a prenup and uh, (laughs) Rebecca was able to take some of the money and take the club and he's learning not to let that happen again. So he'll take Beck's stuff, but if they were to end it again, he's protected. Uh, so just seeing how much that relationship with Rebecca had hurt uh, Rupert. A lot of R's, huh? Roy, yeah. Rupert, Rebecca. Rebecca, Rebecca. Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're at the pub. We we cut over to Keeley with Danny Rojas. This is when he wants to sponsor or have a partnership with joy not my wife but joy the the thing uh he wants to give away joy for free you know uh she's like i don't think we can really do any of that but roy comes in and danny leaves and uh roy is going to come in and apologize and keely makes him do a fake press conference right of apologizing to her i like that she uses the same outlet each time in the press room, which is throwing a different thing on. It's like independent woman, an independent woman magazine, an independent woman uh, magazine online or something. (laughs) Like she just kept using the same thing and just adding a little bit to it. And they kind of make up here and we cut back to the pub and we get the rules of the dart game here where Ted, if Ted wins, Rupert can't go near the owner's box if he loses Rupert picks the last two lineups of the season so at this point there's two games left in the season uh Roy and Keeley we cut back to them walking Roy opens up and says he does yoga with women in their 60s who have no clue who he is and one of them was going through a tough time so they had to go and like help her out with that after afterwards and then there's a paparazzi person and Roy steals the the SIM card from it and says, uh, you know, here, pictures from our first date. I like the way he, he, he does that. 
but that'll come back and play. Uh, I like the way that they have this get discovered mm-hmm. is by this romantic gesture and not some sort of random happenstance. We go back to the go back to the pub and Rupert is saying something. I like Ted's line here of, hey, better manners when I'm holding a dart, <laughs> right? Because Rupert's being a little rude. And he needs uh what two triple twenties and a bullseye. bullseye. Yeah to win and he just kind of shrugs that off and he's like gives this great speech about being curious and not judgmental and how when kids would pick on them none of them were curious they were always judgmental and if they were curious you know they would have asked questions like hey have you played a bunch of darts ted (laughs) and yes sir every sunday afternoon from age 10 to 16 with my dad before he passed and ted nails it gets exactly what he needs to win and whispers in Rebecca's ear. She asks if she has to, and he says yes, and she yells, drinks on me. So this is your scene, right, Yes. Logan? Yeah, no, I love this scene. I actually have it as my background. I don't know if you can see it. It says, be curious, not judgmental. Um, I love this scene just because he sets it up as like as a little boy I was driving around, and um, then it calls back onto like some of Ted's past. Like his father died when he was young, 10 to 16, and then the last time he threw darts in when his father died so he's got a lot going on in his past it sets up nicely for season two um without spoiling much but um i i really do enjoy um this scene a lot like i'll watch it every once in a while just because i love it so much i love the lead up to it where you know rupert's like oh yeah let's play some darts and then he pulls out the really professional looking like silver case uh with darts in it and ted goes wait I've been throwing with my right hand. I forgot I'm left-handed. Uh, and you're yeah, like, what the heck? I like that. Because it's kind of like one up in him. Like he thought, Rupert thought, I'm a guy, I've got you now. I've hustled you. And Ted goes, no, I've hustled you. So it, it is like, it's a great scene. I love that um, quote. Uh, I, I think it's a fantastic quote. It is interesting though, because it's like, that's how we live life, right? We always, we're, we're way more judgmental. We're never curious. We never ask why people are doing the things they do or why, you know, we're never interested in why they do the things they do or, or, you know, the background that they have, maybe something's impacted them. We just kind of judge based off of what we see and observe. So yeah, no, this is one of my favorite scenes, uh, ever in TV. So yeah. What's, what's great about it too, is it's such a good like slogan, right. Of, you know, a way to live your life by, because one, if you're going to get yourself into a bit, Mm -hmm. you'd like to think you're going to do your research. Right. And and the research is the be curious part, Mm -hmm. right? Rupert is going off Ted, just throwing and and Ted's still hitting the board. He's still hitting good numbers. Right. And he's going off of Ted and he's, he's already judged Ted as being a moron and not being, good at darts because one he's american right because ted says hey you guys love your darts over here right because darts are a bit you know they watch dart games on tv in england Mm -hmm. so that's how big it is over there two he thinks he's a moron because of the way that a club's going he has it out for ted because of the way that the club is going and being run right now so he's judging ted on all of this and doesn't actually stop to think do I know if Ted plays darts? Does De- T- Is Ted good at darts? He doesn't worry about any of that. And it's kind of like the situation I think you'd like to think you would do if I'm like about to put a big 10,000, original, the original bet is $10,000, by the way. 
if I was going to bet you, Logan, $10,000 on a FIFA match, I would ask a lot of questions about what difficulty <laughs> you play on, how good you are at FIFA, and stuff like that before I take on a $10,000 bet. So just the hubris from Rupert. And I think most of it probably comes from he's been handed a lot in his life. He's a rich guy. He doesn't have to work for a lot at this moment. That, you know, he kind of just looked down on Ted and, and fell hook, line, and sinker for it. Uh, just just a great moment. And it's finally the win that we needed to see Ted have. Last week, he was a mess. He had his panic attack. This week, he's steady as he's throwing darts. He's back to himself, I think you would say, right? Like, he is... It's a win. A win that the fans need. I think most fans, if they're watching the show, viewers are probably smiling at this scene and rooting for Ted. And it turns out, right, even the three fans... And in the pub, they always get on him. Baz starts out, you know, like, screw Ted. And Ted's like, no, I get He's it. He's like, I'm right? sorry. But then when it goes in, when Ted gets it, all three of them jump up and mm-hmm. cheer. So it's just like he's winning people over in the pub too. May looked happy. Like everyone was kind of like coming around to him just from seeing how he handled situations like this. I don't know. I think he's endearing himself to the to the fans as well now. Yeah, and I think they all hear that story because they're all listening and watching intently. So they hear that story of Ted and they're like, this guy is human. And it is. It's right after. I mean, uh, Rupert goes on for a minute saying how much of a scumbag Ted, like the, this American scum is just here ruining your team. They don't. He doesn't care. He she did this on purpose. He Yeah, like, the, the, I'm back. Uh-huh. Right? He says, I'm back. The days of you know, Rebecca screwing the club over or over that type of yeah. thing. And he's like, I can't wait. I can't wait to be there next to you in the press box. Every week. Uh-huh. I love when Beck says, I'm not going yeah, every week. Yeah. I will, that's, I pretty, will. that's very realistic. <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. Like if I said, he's not interested in this. Yeah. She, he's using her. Uh-huh. She just wants it to pay off her student loans is what she says, because she thinks that the, the money that they rake in with the 2% will be able to pay off her student loans, but he's going to be there constantly to tell the media how bad she's doing um as Mm -hmm. the majority leader so yeah well we get ted at the training having the team spell out hi boss with an exclamation point rebecca shouts back hi and everyone's really excited and you're thinking rebecca has look ted's won rebecca over she is loving the way that everything's going. She's turning around, but we get that scene again that I talked about a few weeks ago on another episode that you think, oh, she's coming around, and then you get this scene where you realize her plan is still in motion here. Higgins comes in and says, we have 10,000 unsold seats against Manchester City. She's like, great, release them to the visitors. And he's like, no, we're close to relegation. Yeah. Those 10,000 seats can make a difference because the atmosphere at the stadium, all this kind of stuff. She's like, hey, I don't care, pretty much. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And Higgins says, tells her to F off. I love this. And she's like, what are you going to do? He says, I quit. And she thinks he's going to come back and beg for the job. We'll see if he does. And you're like, okay, no, Rebecca's still on plan A here of screwing over Rupert, even though she just got a huge win over Rupert. 
with Ted. The plan is still the same. Even though she looked happy and saying, hey, back to all the team who spelled out, hi, boss, you think she's coming around? No, the plan remains. And as she's pissed off at Higgins and as she sits down, she sees Keeley come in. She perks up. She's like, oh, thank God. My friend Keeley is here and Keeley is pissed. She holds up her phone and says, it was you. You took the pictures. You're the one that got the paparazzi to do it. And we learned that it was the same paparazzi from that Rebecca hired. And um, he never deleted the pictures. I guess he just still had them on his card. And and uh, as they were going through them, they, they found that one. And she burst out of the room. And the episode ends here. Yeah, this was a, I mean, this scene, like you said, it goes from the highest of highs where Rebecca finally seems like she's warming up to the whole team. Like, she's just there. Like, she wants to be part of all of it. She wants to be, you know, happy um, with Beard, Ted, and Higgins there. She likes them, but she still has some angst against Higgins, and she goes after Higgins, and Higgins like, I'm not doing this anymore, so cut the shit, or I'm leaving. And he leaves, and then when when he does leave, I think she thought he was the one coming back through the door to beg for his job back. Like, I didn't actually mean that boss. Sorry. And that's when Keely. Yeah. Out. Yeah. She looks yeah. up like I told you. Yeah. But I think my th- the, the way that it ends, I think the last line of the episode or last two lines of the episode are Keely turning to Rebecca and says, if you don't tell Ted, I will. So now you're in episode nine going into episode nine. There's 10 episodes in the season. You're like, she's going to have to tell Ted, or this is going to come out in a way what, that what we learn from that with two episodes left mm-hmm. is that Ted will find out this. Yeah. I think with how fast I, I, I had no doubt in my mind when I was watching this the first time that mm-hmm. Ted is going to find out this season because of how fast they've been moving on some of this stuff. We got that Roy, like I said before, we got the Roy Keeley thing cleared up in like five minutes that would have taken seasons and another TV show. I'm like, okay, maybe next episode. I forget what episode it really is, but <laughs> I'm like, Next episode is what I'm thinking. Like, this is going to come to a head because you don't like they, they, they set this up. And one thing I really like about this episode is not only all this stuff happening, but it feels like the season is coming to a culminate, a culmination. Yeah. You know, because uh, I think last episode is where it felt like. Like a lot of character stuff happened, but you're thinking we only have a couple episodes left. Um, wondering how that's going to go. Right. But and, and what I was kind of holding off from saying last week is talking about the Rebecca plan and how shocking it is. She was still going on. Cause we, we've kind of been thinking, look, Ted just stuck up for her at the pub. But last week she came out to check on Ted. She didn't have to do that. So she does actually care about him. We all kind of thought maybe she would be the one knocking on Ted's door. So you're thinking that things are starting to work out for her. She's starting to see the light. And then, no, right? Like, she is still steadfast in her plan. And that is kind of something that shocked me, I think, the first time I watched it. Getting to this point, like, disappointed me. Yeah. Not in the writing, but disappointed me in the character of Rebecca. When you're like, I thought I was just getting to like you. I thought you were coming around on this and now this is still your plan. And I think that's something that kind of, I kind of like that they did here in the first season is Rebecca is the main villain 
of the season, I would say, because she's the one that's causing a lot of issues. She's the one that sold Jamie Tart back, you know, the end of the loan. You have her still plotting this plan that's kind of undermining Ted, undermining Keely. The first two episodes, she's really kind of the main villain here. But then we start to see these cracks in her armor where we're thinking, no, she's a good person. She got screwed over by Rupert. And we like when Ted stands up for her. We like when she's getting it on with the waiter. You know, like, we need her to branch out. And then you get, like, the disappointment you get from a friend when you find out they did something that hurts. You're like, damn, like, I thought we were good, and now you're screwing us over still. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it, it, uh, it feels bad just because you really do start to grow uh, I guess, warm to, to Rebecca. And then like, she's helped Ted out now with his panic attack. Um, she's really good friends with Keely, who everybody likes. Um, she's treated Higgins somewhat better than this. Uh, but then all of it comes crashing down and then everybody's like Higgins is gone. Um, Keely is going to tell Ted if, if she, you know, if that, if, if Rebecca doesn't, um, but yeah, you start to see. I, I feel like even if Keeley didn't tell, she he he'd be like, "Why is Higgins gone? What's wrong with Keeley?" Like it would be like, "What the heck is happening?" So, uh, yeah, the world's coming crashing down on. And this is all after her high. She just beat Rupert, right? Like she just pretty much defeated Rupert, and now it seems that this yeah, is she was high. she was riding high, yeah. right? The the players are saying hi to her. She like you said, she beat Rupert. What? Yeah. That's the first thing she says when Higgins comes in. Yeah. It's like, you should have been there. Ted put him in his place. And then he, when he switches over to, all right, but we got these tickets, she immediately is still like, nope, the plan is still the plan. And that's what sets Higgins off. I think we almost had the same conversation a few weeks ago mm-hmm. when they also had tickets that weren't selling out, and she did the same thing, release them to the visitors, whatever. And Higgins kind of protested then as well. And then... In this time, he this is when he puts his foot down and actually says, like, hey, F off. And she kind of throws that in his face of the, you were supposed to be my friend. Why were you taking me out to lunch with, Ru- uh, you know, when Rupert's getting this stuff on? I think Higgins, you know, Higgins does say, like, I'm sorry for that. But I think Higgins' thing was, I don't think he was doing it for Rupert. I think he does see Rebecca as a friend. And while he does know what Rupert was doing behind her back, I think part of him is like, but I'm getting lunch with my friend, Rebecca, like, you know, and he kind of owns up to that of like, I shouldn't have done that, Mm -hmm. but like this, you know, getting back at Rupert isn't the way at this point, like this will affect a lot of people, right? Like this this club is like the heart for some of these people. This isn't just going to affect Rupert. This is going to affect the people at the pub that were all just cheering when Rupert got put in his place, you know, and it's going to hurt her legacy. I would say too, where, you know, I'm sure the papers are going to go after her even more if the club gets relegated. So there's a lot of stuff here that'll, you know, really hurt everyone in the Richmond area. Um, if they get relegated and, and we learn that they're close, they're, they're pretty close to being relegated. And then I, every time I watch this, I always just assume I'm like, uh, like I, I'm imagining that Rebecca's getting a ton of money from Rupert in uh, the divorce settlement because everything else about it doesn't make sense because while it would be 
fun to get revenge on Rupert and destroying the club that he loved, you're going to lose a lot of money. So like, I, I always, that's something I always think about when I'm watching this show. So I'm, I'm assuming she gets a lot of money for Rupert, but then Rupert doesn't own the club anymore. I don't really know what Rupert's job title was, or if he was just an investor or what he was before. Um, I assume he's just a rich guy that owns that, the club. that owned the club and lost it in the divorce. And he still has, it sounds like he still has all this money. So I'm yeah. sure he was like a CEO of something, not just, you know, a lot of these people that own clubs like Todd Bowley, mm-hmm. you know, who owns Chelsea now and the Dodgers, they have other jobs that they get the, their money from. And then they also will use those funds for their clubs that they own stuff yeah. like that. So I assume it's something like that where he is some sort of big shot that is also an owner. Like he he has a day job that he probably is not super hands on with because he's dang sorry uh, because he is uh, kind of like just a, I don't know I almost picture like like a cheaper version of Elon Musk you know where. Yeah. Musk does, you know, owns several things, and he's probably not really that hands-on in the sense. Or Jeff Bezos, you know, where like they own Amazon, their CEO, but they probably do a lot of stuff when they're like they probably don't go in five days a week, type of thing. Is how I would say with Rupert. Yeah. No, I get that. But I would say this is the best episode of the season. I think I would rank it there. Yeah. For sure. Yep. I think uh, leading up to the climactic moment of. Like, you're leaving this episode going, oh my gosh, is Keely going to end up telling Ted or is Rebecca going to do it? Because it's going to come out. We know now. And like you said, with two episodes, we'll it's going to have to come out. So how does it come out? That's the thing. That's the thing. How will it come out? What will Ted's reaction be? We'll talk about those things whenever it does come out. But let's move over to Richmond Player of the Week. I have Roy Kent here. For, um, I would say owning up to being wrong here and and not letting the Jamie thing get in the way of a relationship with Keeley. So I have Roy Kent. I'm gonna go Roy, but for different reasons. I'm gonna say um, Roy's, I guess, ability to protect Keeley too, like from what he's done, like with the whole camera guy, and and I think he wants to take it differently, like. He's always he says this. You're used to one night stands. I'm used to one night stands. Let's be different. Um, and so I, I think he's showing much more of a nurturing um, and like a protector kind of thing, like uh, something you wouldn't see with Roy. Um, I do love this episode too when he grunts when <laughs> there's problems that he just grunts, just grunting and growling. Yeah. <laughs> and Ted goes, "Are you going to talk?" Or are you just going to grunt? Um, and that's when he, yeah. He just goes off. He's a diamond dog yeah. already without knowing right. it. Right. Right. And I have employee of the week for his last week as an employee. I have Higgins telling Rebecca to F off and kind of sticking up for the club here. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one too. Um, I'm going Higgins just because of his, his last stand. He said, I'm tired of this crap. You need to stop. I think he really loves Ted. Like I really do. I think because he's part of that group. He loves being around the guys. Um, he realizes how good people all these guys are. And so I think that's ultimately what turns into to say F off. I'm done. I'm tired of being your little bitch. <laughs> yeah, who, who am I going to pick next right. week if he's not an employee? Well, that's what that, I was thinking. Jordan, you're in trouble here because. I am in trouble. Love me some Higgins. 
Uh, so that is that for this week. Next week, we talk episode nine, All Apologies, which is episode nine of season one. Later this week, this is the release week. This is the release day of season three, by the way, March 15th. So make sure that you check out later this week. We will have episode uh, one of season three recap. If you are somebody that is caught up on the show, if you're not somebody caught up on the show, make sure you do not listen to that one, which is later in the week and keep listening to the Wednesday episodes. Those will be the episodes that continue in the order of release. All right. Well, if you want to give us feedback here on the uh, Ted Lasso podcast or any sort of Ted Lasso feedback, Twitter at believe underscore cast email Ted Lasso rewatch.com. Or if you want to reach out to us on our other feed it's at stateside show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and email us stateside show at gmail.com. Thank you all for watching or listening. We'll catch you next week.